Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. To the NFC games now, Logan. 49ers beat the Packers 24-21. Big time hang on at the end. Big time drive by the San Francisco offense to close this thing out and, and pull ahead ultimately, finishing off with a Christian McCaffrey game-winning touchdown run. Um, but then you have the two picks from Dre Greenlaw. Hey, bro, get yeah. down. Uh, <laughs> so... What, what did you see in this one that you find interesting as we look at kind of through that commander's offseason lens? Yeah, first off, I was really impressed with Matt LaFleur and what they were able to do with those young playmakers, especially earlier in that game, just finding space, finding explosive opportunities. And Jordan Love, you know, like we've got a young quarterback that's going to have to develop here, you know, probably. I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating them drafting a quarterback at two, the commanders, and just how they did it, you know, like how, like if you can have him sit and have him develop kind of off in the wings, like think about where he was at this year and what he did this year, especially the second half of the year. Obviously, prior to this game, he had like 21, I think it was 21 touchdowns, one pick or something like that over the last couple of games. So something insane how good ridiculous. He's been. Yeah. And so like how how they how how did they make sure that he had a solid year, right? They leaned on the running game. They found easy opportunities. And then they made sure that the young receiving core developed around him and he had a good weapons. So I think that's an interesting road. Max, same thing with Brock Purdy, for example, too. And again, this game is is a little bit different than the Kansas City Chief a Buffalo Bill game, but I also look and I'm just like the importance of the quarterback position in terms of elevating these offenses. Like I think we all, I was expecting to see a ton of play action, which you did from green Bay, right? A lot of play action, a lot of shots downfield. But like when you look at San Francisco in third down situations, like they're in just straight drop back mode and Brock Purdy's dealing, right? You get Brandon, Ayuk making plays on third and five. Like you, the importance of having elite playmakers, like the George Kittle breaking two tackles and running for 50 yards. Like the, it's, it just shows you how, having a quarterback, having playmakers, having people that elevate your your play call is so incredibly critical. And that's what I think Jordan Love was doing for Green Bay, right? And then they didn't really have that outside of um, Aaron Jones. They didn't really have another piece that did that. But when you look at San Francisco, it's like, oh, we got George Kittle. We got Ran Ayuk. We got um, Christian McCaffrey. And then we got a defense that's making plays for us. And I think that's the difference in the game. And when you're looking at roster construction, it's not, oh, we got a quarterback. We're fine. It's we got to have a great quarterback, and then how do we surround him with as many playmakers as we possibly can? How do we find a defense that creates plays and and maximizes our our whole team? Because I think that's something people sleep on with San Francisco is Kyle. He calls games trusting the defense that they're that they can run the ball as many times as they need to, and I think that's something that sticks out when you watch this game. Is like it's a close game, 
but it's a close game because Kyle doesn't panic. Nobody panics. They just kind of stay the course and yeah. the defense ends up making some plays for him. So I think one thing that I've thought about with this game versus like the the one we just talked about in the AFC, the the Chiefs Bills game is like who's who are the dudes, right? Like yeah. in the in yeah. the AFC game, the quarterbacks are the dudes and the coaches call the, the game dudes yeah. generally that way, where it's like yeah, like we're going to run it at times. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But we know at the end of the day, like we can drop our guy back. And if he needs to deal, he'll deal. Right. Um, where San Francisco, it's not that way. Brock Purdy's job is to get the ball to the dudes. Like the quarterback is not the dude. Um, right. And so That's it's like, point, how do we actually. get, how yeah. do we get the ball to Christian McCaffrey? How do we get the ball to Ayuk? And how do we get them to, you know, Debo when he doesn't have a maybe fractured shoulder, thank God, not fractured. Yeah. Um, hopefully he can play this weekend. Um, but like, how do you get the ball to Kittle? And and how do you get them in the space where they can do their dude stuff? And yeah. um, to, to mix sports metaphors here, like Josh Harris was courtside last night uh, as Joel Embiid scored 70. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, 70 broke the Sixers franchise record. And like, you know, in, in basketball, you have to have one of those top seven guys if you even want to have a chance at winning a championship. That's just the way the sport is. But in football, it's not necessarily that. You don't have to have one of the top five quarterbacks to win in this league. It makes it so much easier. Like yeah. what the job that the Bills and the, the Chiefs have to do because they have those guys, or you know, the Ravens with Lamar, are so is so much simpler because your floor is so high. Those guys right. elevate everything so much. But when you look at Detroit, who's got a top 10 guy, but not a top half of the top 10 guy in golf, um, when you look at Brock Purdy and what he does, you figure out, okay, what makes this guy good enough to be an NFL starter? Let's make sure that we play to those strengths and that those strengths are funneled through a way that gets the ball to our actual best guys. And, and we'll talk about this more with the Detroit game too, but like their target list is like Amon Ross St. Brown 14, yeah. Laporta 11 like Gibbs has like 14 touches in the game like they intentionally and this is why I like Ben Johnson so much get the ball to the guys right. and Brock Purdy I think is so fantastic at understanding how and when to get the ball to the right guys and while he did have some misses his general management of the game right. game manager is so high level that he's kind of the perfect fit for that roster in that system. Yeah, someone asked me like, "What's the biggest difference between San Fran this year and or and San Fran last year?" And you look at it, and it's the same schematically. It's the same playmakers. It's Brock Purdy just distributing. He's the point guard, right? It's and Kyle. Kyle deserves a lot of credit. He finds ways to get those guys touches in space. But also, like, there's there's a play. I forget the exact sequence, but it's like George Kittle just makes a dude catch. He's covered, breaks a tackle, runs for fifty, and I think it's on a third and six. And so. I, the 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 defense, the Green Bay, did a great job matching him. There wasn't a lot of space, but great throw by Brock Purdy, great play by your dude. And I think like that's something people sleep on. Is like, and we're going to talk about that in the Baltimore game or the Detroit game a little bit. But it's just like when you've got playmakers, how do you get them the ball? How do you maximize those touches? But also those guys got to make some plays for you to to kind of deserve that dude moniker. And I think that's something that you saw in that game is like they just got a lot of dudes, you know, uh, San yeah. Francisco, and they've got a lot of ways to beat you offensively. So to use another basketball analogy, like Draymond Green is one of the greatest passers that we've ever seen. And he's going to go to the Hall of Fame because the guys that he's passing to were Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. <laughs> and he just trusted that like, hey, I just got to get the ball to Steph Curry. What's he going to do? I don't know. He's Steph Curry. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Like uh, my job is to get right. that guy a sliver of space and let him do the magic. And 
I think you see that with like Kittle, right? Like I'm just going to trust that he's going to win and there's some yeah. trust throws and there's some anticipation and there's, you know, maybe this ball's not a great ball to throw because it's a super tight window and the t- catch is going to be contested to someone who's not George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk or whoever, but it is to them and Brock trusts it. And and the other thing too, with but him, I think that's like, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I think that's the thing about Brock that makes him special is he's not afraid of those tight window throws in right. a way that like, you know, we, we did a lot of evaluation of Sam Howell the second half of the year. And I'm like, Oh, you know, this is a tight window throw. How can we expect him to make that? And I was like, let's go look at some other young quarterbacks. And I watched Brock Purdy. I'm like, Brock Purdy he is going to he's going to make that throw. And I and I think that's the difference with him is like he had they had a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who have got the utmost respect for. He's an awesome leader, great dude. People rally around him, right? But he was always a little bit tentative in those high leverage, big time throw, tight window situations and you got a guy here in Brock Purdy who's like I'm going to I'm going to let it rip. I'm going to trust my guy. And there's so much value in terms of elevating the offense, specifically on third down, because defenses are just too damn good. You're not going to get a perfect picture. You're not going to get a guy wide open. As much as you can try to beat him with the pen, like defenses are smart. They know what they're doing. And I think to see that, to to, to kind of give Brock Purdy his credit and his flowers, I think that's yeah. that's the thing this year with that team that makes them scary to me, that makes me think they're going to play Baltimore here in a couple of weeks, and they can win if Brock Purdy plays like Brock Purdy play can play you know what I'm saying so yeah for sure and you know luck is would be helpful that first matchup so unlucky in a lot of ways balls off right. guys hands etc um but Baltimore then the second half just crushed him anyway crushed him. the other yep. thing I was gonna say um Ted Nguyen who does some film breakdown for the athletic had a great uh film clip on Twitter yesterday um on the McCaffrey touchdown run oh yeah. Purdy flips the play oh does and, he and well, he flips the play one. So good job. Like that's standard quarterback stuff of like understanding. Yeah. Okay, hey, my leverage is here. My, I got better numbers it, on right, left, like- for sure. So he does that. But he also like the tight end then is about to come in motion, and the play clock's running down. Like it's yeah. literally at three. And yeah. Usechek is like, hey, tight end needs to be over there. And tight end starts to go. Brock goes, no, no, stay there, stay there. And because he realizes and he understands the offense at such a high level that that tight end doesn't matter to the run play. Mm. They've got what they need as is, and the delay of game is too risky. Tight end stays, resets, they get the play clock or the playoff as the clock hits zero, McCaffrey 37, 39, whatever it was, yard touchdown. But that high-level understanding of the offense speaks well to Brock Purdy. It speaks well to the coaching staff that has taught everybody what they need to know. Like, it's just excellent high level football and i think the other thing about that too is like great job like this is i think this is the perfect the perfect illustration of what san fran is is great x's and o's great execution but ultimately you've got a dude at running back and there's a free hitter in the hole and christian mccaffrey makes a miss and christian mccaffrey consistently makes the first guy miss and that's why he's one of the best running backs in the league and so i could call that play with logan paulson back there and i'm gonna run and i'm gonna get six yards and i was like wow that was really cool but the thing that makes it go from oh good job brock to like amazing touchdown game-changing play is you've got christian mccaffrey back there and i i think about that trade all the time when that trade happened and they gave up all that draft capital for him. I was like, that's so dumb. Like, that's so incredibly stupid. You shouldn't trade that much for a running back. But they have this tremendous vision and understanding of how to maximize that player, what he's going to do for the offense. They run the offense through him, and it looks like a fantastic trade, right? Because they, the GM, the head coach, have a cohesive vision of how to build. 
build around a player. So like one of the things is like, oh man, you know, like so-and-so player X is not being super productive player, young player, free agent player. Obviously you weren't on the same page with her, how you were going to utilize that guy. And I, I think back to the Sean McVay thing with Puka Naku, I'm sure everyone's yep. seen that. Like talk about understanding who a player is at a high level and how he fits your offensive vision. I, I just, I, I hope with every ounce of hope I have in my body that that's the kind of relationship the GM and the head coach have, because if that's what you're doing and you get a GM who can identify talent and get you that talent, the talent you want, like you're going to do tremendous things. And I think that's the great thing about watching San Fran in the playoffs is they are, they are that team. They've identified who they want to be, how they want to be there. And they just execute in terms of getting the roster where it needs to be at such a high level. Yeah, and uh, thank God their assistant GM who played an enormous part of that is now the GM here, right. uh, which leads us to, uh, well, actually, it doesn't really lead us to, that's just kind of a wrap on that game. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And last but not least, Lions and Buccaneers. Uh, big win, 31-23 for Detroit. Another 30-point game for this Detroit offense with one of the lead candidates, Ben Johnson, as head coach. And I think you just see what makes him good again, the way that yeah. he creates matchups. And, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but to me, the most appealing thing about Ben Johnson is he believes in the dude theory. Like, it yeah. is so clear with how they run their offense that it's like, we need good dudes and we're going to get them the ball. We are going to emphasize Jameer Gibbs. We're going to emphasize Sam Laporta. We are going to, in a playoff game, get Amon Ross St. Brown 14 targets. On a third and 15, we're going to tell Amon Ross St. Brown to run 16 yards, turn around, and be a bad you-know-what yeah. and catch the football. And that is exactly like how he thinks about the game, and they've gotten the personnel to do it, and they deploy it at an exceptionally high level yeah and talk about great like talent identification like with Amon Ross St. Brown you know I think that's like he's a guy that can just do some like I, every time I watch him I come over being like man this guy is this guy like a top five receiver in the NFL like he just does so much good stuff like subtly good stuff his burst off the line of scrimmage you know I'm watching all these receivers for the senior bowl and I'm just like that skill set is so awesome the under understanding stems understanding routes but understanding what his superpower is and how to maximize him from the slot you know he can win outside but can we get him good matchups and then the Jameer Gibb thing I think is so fascinating because it just shows you the importance of speed like in the same way that Miami shows you the importance of speed some of that stuff is literally like the concept is dead. They've run this beautiful play-action concept. Um, Tampa Bay's covered it perfectly. They check the ball down to the running back, who's like, just it's just a normal check down. There's nothing – I'm not trying to get him a touch. But then when I get him a touch, it's like, oh, shoot, he might go for 25 on this. And right. I think that's I mean, the, the touchdown that he has is he just breaks the math. Like, yes. that's an all-pro safety in pursuit with a pretty decent angle on most other running backs – and he just breaks the angle because he's so yeah. much faster than everybody else. And I think that's, the, again, like when you've got guys that elevate, because again, like that's a great play call, but if David Montgomery's in there, that's probably not a touchdown. You know, he probably breaks right. the tackle. It probably is a 15-yard gain and everyone. But that's where you get that elite playmaker. And I, and I think we're probably 
preaching to the choir in terms of our fans, but you get that elite playmaker and a guy that can elevate. You've, you've, as a coach, you've put him in a good spot. You've coached him up. You've found an opportunity for him. And then, you know, the God given ability just takes over. So I think, and it's same thing on the other side. Like when you watch Mike Evans, like I just am so impressed with that guy, his physicality, like the consistency that he's brought, the trust that Baker Mayfield has in him, but You've got a guy that can win versus almost any coverage and consistently win. And I think finding guys like that and speaking to his skill set, you're not going to have him run the same route tree as Amon Ross St. Brown, right? You're going to have right. him do different stuff. But understanding, like, who's the OC there? Like, he did uh, a great Canales, job. yeah. Yeah, I thought he did a great job of, like, I can't believe he's not on everybody's interview list. Yeah, like, he was. he's super impressive. Like, just in terms of, again, like the the kind of those game plan calls like here's a screen to the running back in the red zone which we've gotten really good at here's another little easy touch where we maximize so um i was just really impressed with how he called the game and obviously you get that unfortunate turnover by baker in the third quarter i want to say i don't remember exactly whenever that interception happens yeah. um well then you got you got uh you know the one uh, at the end of the game as well obviously the, the heck the, of a play by baker oh yeah yeah uh, the linebacker no, I, baker but yes, you're talking about yeah, the earlier one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but again, like, just maximizing playmakers. Love Detroit. Love what they're doing. Love their vision. Sam Laporta, oh, my gosh. Like, that's the other thing, man. You've got, like, four or five people that on third down, you can be like, hey, we're going to have him run the isolation choice route. And he runs the isolation choice choice route on a linebacker, dices him up. Jameer Gibbs, same thing. Amon Ross, same Brown. And just having the flexibility to be like, hey, you can be our guy this play. You can be our guy this sequence. You can elevate us so the defense can't key in. Uh, it was impressive. And again, if that defense was playing a little bit better, I'd feel like, man, maybe this team could do some damage. But I just don't think they've got the juice defensively um, to, to kind of make that push. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, definitely. Canellis, by the way, does – Carolina's going to interview him a second time. I would not be surprised if he winds up getting that job. I don't know. Gosh, I'd probably turn that job down, honestly. <laughs> you would? You, you got I, a chance to go work with Bryce Young and your Canellis? You'd wait till next year? I wait till next year, uh, next cycle. I think, you know, like when you talk to people around the league, like uh, it's the David Tepper thing, man. Like it just, it looms so large over that organization. And it's just like the fact he's quick to fire people. You're kind of, it's not an ideal situation. You need more support. Like I don't want my first job to be my last job, I think is my point there. You know, and I think because of how well he's done, he's going to have other opportunities. So like be patient. Get in the next coaching cycle. You're going to do a great job. Find a job that like fits you and and, and what you want to be as a head coach. I think so. Yeah, we'll see uh, what happens down there in Tampa. But uh, off they go. Does Detroit to San Francisco, and then obviously uh, you got Chiefs in Baltimore. That will be championship weekend.